Hello and welcome back to Far From Perfect. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today we're diving into adrenal fatigue with my good friend and colleague, Allie Dameron. So Allie Dameron has been on the podcast several times. I enjoy chatting with her about all things um, nutrition, wellness, health, hormones, um, mindset, mental health, all of that. And even though today's episode is about adrenal fatigue, we'll talk about what it is, is it a real thing? How do you get it? How can you recover from it? I think you will be interested to hear where the conversation turns. So I don't want to spoil it, but even though it is hormonal, this is not something that will be fixed, if you will, or addressed just by working on hormones, using supplements and things of that nature. So enjoy this episode. If you want to connect with Allie, make sure you look for her on Instagram. She is Allie Dameron, A-L-I-D-A-M-R-O-N. And she'll have links to all of her stuff there. I personally have also been enjoying her YouTube channel lately, short, succinct lessons for how we can feel our best throughout all phases of our life. Talk to you soon. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to Far From Perfect, everyone. I have my podcast bestie, Allie, here. And Allie Dameron and I today are going to be talking about adrenal fatigue. So you may have heard this term thrown around. You may have heard that adrenal fatigue is not a real thing. Um, so we're going to talk about it. Is it a real thing? Do you have it? What should you do about it? What's causing it? And all of that. So thanks for coming back, Allie. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, always. Um, I'm going to spare the intro because you're on so much. If people want to learn about you, I'm going to direct them to your website. Um, as people know, I love sending people your way because you've helped me. You've helped so many of my clients. Um, you help us feel better. So thank you very much for doing that. Love helping. Yes. So what? let's start off with this conversation. Like, What is adrenal fatigue? Okay. So yeah. So adrenal fatigue is, I first want to just say that it's not like a super widely accepted diagnosis. Like if you go to your doctor, they're going to be like, that doesn't exist. Okay, fine. I think that no matter what you want to call it, I think there's some different names for it, but the mechanisms of what's happening actually are true and very widely accepted. So what's happening is your brain's constantly like scanning your environment for threats, dangers, situations, everything that is going on. And it's kind of like a fire alarm where it's, you know, taking this data and inputting it and deciding if you can cope. And if you can cope, great, you're good. If it decides, mm, this is kind of like a situation that she may need a little bit of help here to cope with this stress, we will send her some cortisol, adrenaline, some of the stress chemicals. So that's great. We want that. That's like a life-saving, um, 
you know, good thing for us if we're in a burning building, if we're in a car accident, if we're faced with really tough, scary, traumatic things, we want all of that to happen because chemically different things happen. So your pupils dilate, your blood pressure increases, oxygen and blood go to your muscles so that you can fight or flee. Um, you know, we get like kind of like that second wind. But if we're in that way too much, like exposed to cortisol and adrenaline way too much, then different things also have to happen. Because if you think about like how much energy that takes, like we can lift cars off of people and like run, you know, unhumanly fast and things when we're in this state. And so it takes a lot of glucose. It takes a lot of minerals. It takes a lot of energy from us and resources. And so to get that, our body's kind of like a bank account and just divvying up all of these things all the time. And so if we're constantly in a stressed state, then things like our minerals are going to become imbalanced and depleted, like magnesium, for example, amongst several others, um, sodium, potassium. Also, our you know, neurotransmitters are going to change some. So we're not going to feel as happy and calm anymore. Your blood pressure increases, your digestive system will decrease production. So lower stomach acid, bile and enzymes, your microbiome alters due to stress. You might notice more constipation, diarrhea, gas, bloating, all of that stuff. Your um, sex hormones will change. So Cortisol can use things like there's a precursor hormone called pregnenolone that cortisol can use for more cortisol or that pregnenolone can go to progesterone, which will help make our period better. Mm -hmm. And so if your body's stressed, it's just going to say, we don't need progesterone right now. Who cares? It's going to steal from your DHEA and testosterone. So people will feel more tired, burnt out, not burn as much fat or build muscle, not have a great libido just feel just not as vital as we want to. Um, and it really like almost every single cell in our body has a cortisol receptor. Inflammatory markers will be different. Your muscles will be different. You'll probably not recover as well from workouts. So you might be more achy and sore when you get up in the morning and stiff. So it really is like a systemic thing when we're just exposed to too much stress chemicals. So really that's what we're talking about. And I think a lot of doctors actually say, you know, oh, the symptom that you're having is probably due to stress Yeah. or, you know, psychologists will say that or naturopaths or whatever. And so I don't, I don't care if you call it adrenal fatigue. Like a lot of people know what that is. Um, and it's just sort of like a syndrome, which means a syndrome encompasses a wide variety of, you know, symptoms. And so I use that word sometimes, but other people will, will use like HPA axis dysfunction or nervous system dysregulation or mind body illness or stress re related illnesses. So I don't really care what you call it. That whole mechanism that I explained does actually happen. And that is very widely accepted. So this is so interesting. Um, there were a couple of reasons I wanted to talk to you about this. Number one, you were talking about it. I don't even know when, but you you brought this topic up again. You've talked about it before in the past, but then I'm currently doing um, a certification through Precision Nutrition and it's their sleep stress and recovery course. And I oh, love, love this course. It is so good. And it is, it's explaining to me a lot of what you just said with all these amazing graphics about what this stress does on all of these systems in our body. And it's like, oh, well, duh. Okay. No wonder 
people are feeling the way that they're feeling. Stress does have an impact on all the things you just said. Um, and, and I just think about the feedback I get from potential clients or current clients feeling yeah. all this stuff. I mean, how many women do you hear tell you every single day that they're, they feel bloated, that they're bloated? Yeah. I mean, that's like the most common thing. And it's like, honestly, kind of one of my pet peeves to not start here mm -hmm. by like focusing on, I mean, there's some quick lifestyle things like apple cider vinegar for that can stimulate digestive juices, slowing down when you're eating, taking some deep breaths before eating, um, not chugging water. Cause also when we're in that fight or flight response, like we're parched. Right. Yeah. And so we, you know, need fluid to digest food. And so we tend to like chug water or liquid or coffee, caffeine, carbonated beverages, which also make it worse. So there's certain like lifestyle things that we're doing that can make bloating worse. But a lot of people skip that and they're like, oh, I think I have SIBO or I need to do this low FODMAP diet or I need to do food sensitivity testing or I need to, you know, do this specialized diet or this gut health test, which I'm not necessarily opposed to any of those things, but like, Honestly, this plays such a huge role in the, in the digestive system because there's the enteric nervous system in your digestive system. So there's this whole nervous system in your GI system that really does make such a huge difference. And I mean, there's, I could send millions of case studies to you of people that have like healed their nervous system and their stress reduced or stress related illnesses and their GI system gets better. They're not actually sensitive to food and can't eat anything. Yeah. It's because their nervous system's a mess yes. that now they're sensitive to it. And then there becomes like this cognitive conditioning where if you ate gluten once and you felt really crappy from it and got bloated, now gluten's the bad guy. Yep. Meanwhile, your stress hormones were through the roof when you ate that. Yep. So this, I've actually had this conversation with my therapist because she gets it. I love it because she understands what I do for work. She knows my business. She's, it's like having a therapist and a business coach in one. Amazing. But she's like, Kylie, if you can help people regulate their nervous system, you'll be able to help them reach all of their goals. Yes, absolutely. So like, let's have this conversation. How do I keep myself regulated? Or let's start with this other conversation. How does someone know if they're dysregulated? So I would say like you're having all those symptoms, I think, or or some of them. It doesn't have to be every single one. Or you're maybe even like noticing migraines or like low back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, knee pain, hip pain. You're noticing um, dizziness is another big one. Because when we're in the fight or flight response, like all that oxygen and blood from your head goes like you know, like rushes down into your muscles. And so that can make people feel like they're on a boat or even experience like vertigo to those types of things. So I think it's a lot of like physical symptoms. I also think that if you're feeling a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic, a lot of moms say this to me that they just feel snappy and irritable to their families. And I'm like, okay, if you're in a burning building, you're not going to be patient. You're not going to be compassionate and just, it's okay. Come on. You're just, you're going to be like, let's go hurry up, get out, you know, screaming yeah. at people. And I think that's like a big thing. I think people feel jittery. You might feel like your heart palpitating, um, sleep, is another big one. If you can't sleep, your nervous system has to be very regulated to sleep because if your brain doesn't feel safe, you're not sleeping. Um, well, so it works both ways, right? You're either hyperactive or you're underactive. So maybe you're not anxious, but you're depressed and lethargic and, mm -hmm. you know, it goes both ways, right? 
Yeah. So I would say like some of these symptoms where you're just like up, like you can't sleep, you're anxious, you're jittery, like really activated, I guess is a better word. That's tends to be like high levels of adrenaline and cortisol, but over time, and I've actually experienced this, your body just literally cannot keep up with the demands of stress for you. And then your cortisol, like if we look at it on labs will actually look really low. And there's, you know, in Western medicine, part of the reason they don't accept this diagnosis is because they have diagnoses called Cushing's and Addison's disease. And they're either like high cortisol is Cushing's low cortisol is Addison's, but there's, again, there's that's bottomed out and like exceptionally high. There's like this gray area, right. Where like, it's not optimal. You're still feeling like some of these symptoms and they just like, it's like a yay or nay, instead of like looking at this gray area of like, okay, yeah, your cortisol's elevated or depressed. You're probably feeling some symptoms, but yes, like you can feel also extremely groggy, burnt out, just non-resilient to stress, like things that used to not stress you out, really stress you out. You can feel really overwhelmed. You can feel like you just need to sleep for 10 years. Like you're just so groggy when you wake up, you just need to drag yourself to the coffee pot. Those are all signs of like really low cortisol. Well, and I think this is so interesting because, you know, Allie, like my beginnings in all of this started as a yoga teacher mm-hmm. and in yogic philosophy, we, th- this is a thing as well, right? You have this Raja energy, which is the hyperactive dysregulation. You have tapas, which is underactive. And then you have sattva, which is being balanced in, you know, feeling, <laughs> digesting well, sleeping well, having the energy for the things. And I just think it's, the crossover it's it's not yeah. a mistake like <laughs> yeah totally yeah. yeah it's interesting like in traditional chinese medicine there's correlations there and like there's ways that they describe it that's different um in ayurvedic medicine in all the medicines right there's different ways of explaining this so then what what's the way to make ourselves feel better if we are dysregulated, if we do have adrenal fatigue, what is the course of action? So I think the first step is to first off, stop. Like we have to stop. We have to get into a place where we can actively take ourselves out of autopilot because a lot of us are just on autopilot, just doing everything. And that's just keeping the ball rolling. So we have to get to a place where we just stop and that can be, you know, for a night where you just say, you know what, I just need to stop for a little bit or a weekend or whatever. And you need to do an inventory. Yeah. I always give the example of like a stress reservoir. So there's a million things that go in there. There can be past traumas and things like that. There can be too much exercise under eating, not eating nutrient dense foods, not sleeping enough. Um, you know, like long form cardio, like those are some of the physical things that can increase stress. But in my opinion, that's not the root of things either. I think that very rarely is at the root. And I think, you know, even we can have this conversation, but this was me. Like I was marathon training and under eating, but I was only doing that because I was a perfectionist. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's the perception of, I have to eat very little and I have to run and I have to do the things and look this certain persona because I want to be perceived as this way. And so it was much more of a mental health thing for me. Um, and not that marathon training is bad. It's all about your intention of why you're doing everything. If you want to do it because you want to challenge yourself and you're excited about it, 
absolutely go do it. But if you are doing it to be skinny because you have something to prove because whatever, that's a thing. And so my physical things were only occurring from some of this deeper stuff of perfectionism, people pleasing type a, putting a lot of internal pressure on myself, all of that. I think the hustle culture, I think the urgency culture, I think mom guilt, like a lot, all of that stuff ties into that. And I think that those things our thoughts propel our actions, right? So like a lot of people will say like, well, just stop doing HIIT workouts or just, you know, like eat a little bit more food. And it's like, okay, like that's great. That can be a low hanging fruit to take a little bit of out of the stress reservoir. But like, why are you obsessed with your body image? Why are you obsessed with dieting in the first place? Why do you feel like you need to exercise in a detrimental way to yourself? Like those are all questions that I think we have to start getting better asking ourselves because that's also going into, you know, being pressure as a mom um, and how we show up that way and pressure in our business or our career and letting people walk all over us there too. And so I think that, you know, just honestly, I tell my patients to make a list of like, what's making your life hard and just like, let it rip like anything. It can be minor, little dumb things and it can be huge things. It can be toxic relationships. It can be your in-laws. It can be your parents. It could be your kids. Like just, you have to be honest with yourself first to heal this, because I think that's part of it is that repressed emotions also create a lot of stress for your body. So like, for example, if you feel, if you were brought up as a child who had a parent or a sibling, maybe who had a lot of anger issues and had a temper, you might have learned that that feels unsafe. And so anger can be a trigger for you still to this day. And when you feel angry, you feel, well, this might be unsafe. This feels a little unpredictable and scary. And your brain has like internalized that. So every time you're faced with the emotion of anger, it's like, oh my God, we're faced with this. What do we do? And it shoves it down, which is a stressor on the body. So there's a lot of like deep stuff and a lot of it is like therapy, honestly, if you're having trouble with figuring this stuff out, but truly I have gone through this in my own life and like was at the herbal pharmacy and acupuncture school every day. Mm -hmm. Like I need to feel better. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I was chugging Red Bulls in my car. Like I was just a mess and I was running all the time. And I had this idea that I needed to be perfect at school and get like the award that the, of like the best student after four years and like all these things. And, um, it was, it was really like, I could take herbs and it helped, but it wasn't until I actually went to a therapist for low back pain. Mm-hmm. Cause I realized that my chronic low back pain of five years was emotionally based. I knew it was stress based because it would like get better and worse. And after five years of chronic pain, you start to notice some patterns of it. And I was like 25 to 30. Wow. So I was young and I was, you know, and so my therapist, you know, kind of got me on this path and was like, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. And honestly, it was something that I had always thought was virtuous. Mm. Like, I thought it was a good thing. I was like, well, this is like, yeah, a good part of me that like, I want to achieve and be perfect and be a people pleaser and make everybody happy. Like I didn't actually realize that that was something that needed to change. Yeah. It actually took a, a good amount of time for me to want to change that mm-hmm. and not want to identify as being perfect. I bet there's a lot of people that fall into that category. 
Yeah. Like if they think it's virtuous, no, but I am the mom that always hosts a party at school, even though I have a full-time job, I am the mom with the perfectly curated home. Yeah. The house. Yeah. And so I think that that is the thing for a lot of people is like understanding where it came from. And again, this is kind of like the work of a therapist, but you learn somewhere in your life. We learn every single thing. We're born with a clean slate and we learn how to be safe in this world. And so if you learned that if you were perfect, you got more attention or more acknowledgement or whatever accolades from whoever that felt okay. Your child brain learned, okay, being perfect is how we do well in this world. Or if you learned to be the responsible child and not the troubled sibling or something like you learned that people pleasing was the way to feel safe. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it is just dismantling. Okay. That's how I got here. That's how I learned this. And so we, you know, learn this, we know the way in. So we literally just have to like walk back out the door the same way and just stop using it. And it's easier said than done for sure. I've been on a long journey, but, but it really is amazing. And that is in my opinion, like truly how you calm your nervous system down. Yeah. And you know, Allie, this is so interesting. There hasn't been an episode that you and I have done together where we haven't pretty much covered this same thing, whether it's called adrenal fatigue or weight loss resistance or who knows what else, but it it all has, it always comes back to this. And I know it sounds like, well, can't I just take all these herbs and this supplement? I mean, you can, you can, and it will help to some extent, but like, it just, I still felt like my energy was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. The back pain got a little bit better once I started like following some strategies for psychosomatic pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then my anxiety got a little worse actually. And I still just like, wasn't, I think it comes down to like living in alignment with your values of like who you are. Yeah. I think a lot of people are really out of alignment with their true values of what they want their life to look like. And I think if you feel, and this might be a little esoteric, but like I was feeling forever, like I was swimming upstream and there still are times in my life where I feel that way. And that's definitely like now the check engine light, like even in my business, sometimes if something feels like swimming upstream, like I'm like, I got no, like, no, that's not going to work. Because you have to feel and aligned and it really does just feel so much better than like, you know, and I think that goes down to like societal pressures of families and being a mom and business owners or, you know, climbing the corporate career as a woman. Like I have these conversations a lot with women about like, where is your stress coming from? Because I think you have to uncover that. That's we've been talking about values a lot um, in our little VIP community that we have. And you're right. Like if you're doing things that aren't in alignment, of course, it's going to feel stressful and against the flow and hard. And it's not going to bring you joy to chase a million dollars if that's not really a value of yours. There's been plenty of times like I've hired business coaches and they're like, I'm paying this money and they're telling me what to do. And I'm like, oh, just like, it just doesn't feel good. And it's, you know, maybe the program's just like not what I want to be doing or the strategy or whatever. And it's just, it's taken some time because I think we're also told not to trust ourselves. There's a lot of messages of like, 
basically like just don't pay attention to anything that you're feeling yeah um, along the way physically mentally emotionally whatever and so it's taken some time to like regain that trust in myself that like it will be okay if you trust yourself you can build that confidence in yourself again um and so like you know I think there's layers of this, just like everything. Like I think with adrenal stuff, we can definitely get you sleeping better. We can get your periods better. We can get your energy feeling a little bit better. And then we kind of like, these things are like long-term and Kylie and I say this all the time. Like we're both on these journeys and I've been on this for 10 years. I haven't felt like shit for 10 years. Um, but it, but it's transformed into really sort of like a beautiful journey of like understanding myself and trusting myself and just, I don't know, kind of like dismantling some of the societal things that I've believed for my whole life and lies that I've taken part of. And, um, so now it's more like the more like self-discovery and more exciting time of things. And it has been for years, you know, and I think Allie, you know, we didn't know each other in our twenties and prior to kids before doing this, I venture to guess we were both very similar, wound pretty tight, regimented, lots of rules, must do this, must do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I'm 100% healed or better and I don't have my days, but Mm -hmm. if someone, if people like you and I could break free, like you said, you don't have any rules around food anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. If you and I can get to that point, anyone can. And that was really scary. Like it was terrifying to quit running. Yeah that was like the only way I felt like I got a good workout and eating like to allow some of the more highly palatable foods in my diet. Like that was also really scary. And I, you know, was like, I've gone through like different phases of this, but for, you know, for a long time in my journey, it was like just to be skinny. And then it became an acupuncture school. I've talked about this a lot on my own podcast about like health. Yeah. And if you eat, you know, all of these foods and all of these things that it's, you're going to get cancer or autoimmune disease or all of that stuff. And so then it became like scarier that way too, that I was, you know, scared to death of certain foods. Um, and I think it's just, you know, it's just been a long journey for, for me. And I think it is for a lot of people, but I think that it's thousand percent worth it is the thing. Yeah. To do, to do the uncomfortable thing, the thing that feels like not right at the time because it's counter mm-hmm. to what you have been doing. But what you are doing isn't getting you the results that you want. I'm not t- talking about a way that you look, although it probably isn't giving you the results that you want physically, but you just feel like garbage all the time. You're tired, you're worn out, you're short with everyone. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that um, I've kind of been doing the last several years is like questioning more, like even my own thoughts. Like sometimes when we catastrophize or pay it, you know, like the all or nothing mindset, black and white thinking, like future telling, we do these like cognitive things to ourselves all the time. And instead of like buying into those and thinking of those as like truth, like asking yourself about your thoughts or what you believe your beliefs, like, is this true? Uh, is this actually serving me? Cause yeah. I think like I, you know, needed to be on the PTO and I needed to do all the things with my kids. And I needed to like show up as a certain person. And I was like, but do I though? Yeah. Like, do you though? <laughs> I'm reading this really great book right now. Have you read it? It's called conversations with God. No, but I've heard about it. Oh my God. So it's not religious for anyone listening. And it's like, 
turned off by that. That's not what it's about, but this is what they are talking about. Like those thoughts of self-doubt or any, any thought, any thought, mm -hmm. um, especially when we start questioning ourselves, you have to ask yourself, where did that come from? Yeah. Why did I get that thought that I have to be this way or that I'm not enough or it didn't come from where it counts. It didn't come from us. It came yeah. from outside messaging, society, parents, who knows where else. Mm -hmm. And I just love that you said we all should yeah. question our thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been something, you know, and I, again, I'm not perfect either. Like I definitely still have days and times. In fact, I'll be really transparent. Like this time of the year is really triggering for me in business. It is every freaking year. <laughs> and I just really have to like screw myself on straight to, to get through it. Mm -hmm. And like, really, you know, just, I think for everybody, just goals in general right now are just a triggering thing and kind of like the reflection back of like, oh, I failed and I didn't do what I wanted last year. And now it's like time to get going. And for we've talked about this with goals. Like I don't do goals. No goals. <laughs> Can't do goals them. Are not, you know, that was something my therapist recommended for me like years ago of like the smart goals is just not, it's too many rules and I don't do well with rules. I do too well with rules. It stresses me out. I don't yeah. Want but I agree. And you have to, like, you have to have these conversations with yourself. The conversation I've been having lately is like this remembering who I am, like remembering who we are yeah. before someone questioned us or before we got this idea that we aren't worthy or that we're not good or that we're a failure. Um, yeah. Totally. And I think on the contrary, like leaning into the things that like do bring you joy and like do elicit that good, feel good, like content, joy, um, happiness type of feeling inside of you. So, if, you know, there's people that you want to spend more time around or things that you want to do more of or a career change that you're maybe just too scared to do, but feels just so exciting and like lighting you up, like lean into those things. I'm not necessarily suggesting that you just completely uproot your life. But, you know, if we can just start to trust ourselves more and like lean into those things, I really do think like that's super soothing to your nervous system. Well, yeah, I just think about, you know, coming back to the values. And if you're someone who values time with your kids, but you work however many yeah. hours a day, a week, and so you don't ever get to spend time. And I understand that's not always a quantity thing and it's a quality thing, but mm -hmm. Yeah, if all of your life is out of alignment with wanting to be healthy, you know, I, I see that happening. People's jobs taking over, too much travel, too many dinners out with clients, no time to work out. And you're like, but health is a value of mine. Well, but it's not showing up in your life. How's mm -hmm. that job working for you then? Yeah, I do think like the gap of like expectations and reality is what creates a lot of stress and anxiety. Oh, yes. I love that conversation of expectations and reality. <laughs> it's a hard conversation. It's really hard, but yeah, I, you know, and I, I am not trying to be on my soapbox here, but we really do have way more control over our life than we think. And that's something that I didn't think either. Like when I had all these symptoms, I had so many people tell me like, well, it's stress. Like you just need to get rid of your stress or ma learn to manage stress. Or I had a uh, acupuncture professor tell me to like give up control in my life that I was too controlling. And like, he was accurate for sure. But I was like, how do you just like leave me with that though? Like that you... wasn't helpful for you at the time. No, it was actually like really incredibly frustrating. 
Like I really can't even express how frustrating that was because I had no idea other than like yoga. Do I just go to yoga every day? Or like, do I just like meditate? And I had no tools, no idea what that meant. And so that's like really in my own practice, a huge passion of mine. Cause I do know that 90% plus symptoms that I see are due to this. Yeah. I know that they are in my gut and people sometimes like try other practitioners and don't believe like, don't believe that. But I know in my gut that that's what's happening. And I hate to just leave them. Like you need to manage stress better. Like again, that's not helpful, but how, and also like you can't add to somebody's already too full plate either. Wellness cannot be a full-time job when somebody's already overwhelmed with work and kids and life in general. It can't be like, well, you need to do all these crazy routines and all this food and, you know, eliminate all these things when people are going to sports every night. Like it just, it just doesn't work. And it's just not really even necessary. It's not the root. It's not what's happening. None of it. Well, I love that too, because you are a woman's hormone expert, but you know, even you who can give us all of the supplements and the protocols to follow, that's not even, that's not even your primary focus. Yeah. Like I do, I give supplements and I know that, you know, for estrogen dominance, when people's periods are a mess and they're feeling a lot of like the perimenopausal stuff, like detoxing some estrogen is super helpful. Um, supporting progesterone is super helpful. And there's things that we can do to help that. And again, I kind of work in like a branch root type of a way because Mm -hmm. I do like to get people feeling better. And I give, you know, if, if you're coming to me for sleep, like within a week, we need to get you sleeping better. Like this, this is the timeline. If you're coming to me for period stuff, like anywhere from one to three months, if we're dealing with this longer term stuff, like it's just always a work in progress. Well, yeah. We got 40 years of being told that, you know, you have to be perfect in order to be worthy of love, or you have to get all A's or make a certain amount of money. It's going to take some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I think just being very protective over like what you're currently consuming, because we've obviously consumed a lot for the last 40 years. Like, what are you listening to now? Mm-hmm. Is that serving you? Mm-hmm. Are you scrolling before bed and giving these like subliminal messages to yourself of like looking at bodies and perfection and money and cars and fashion and like not any of that stuff's bad, but how is it serving you? Like, are you okay? You handling it okay? Or is it triggering? So I'll tell you, like, even during the pandemic, I was like on this. So I, I kind of gave up that and I was like, you know, I'm going to change up my Instagram feed. And I started following house people. Mm. Like, I like that. I want to look at house stuff. So I started doing that. It became like really triggering to me because I would just tear apart my house and I'd be like, Oh my God, this still doesn't look good. Like these people's houses look like they're going to be showed every single day. And like they, people don't live there. And so I get so irritated when my house just like was a pit and whatever. And so I was like, Nope, Nope. Triggering. Can't do that either. I'm always like, she doesn't have a job. Of course her house looks like that. That's what I always say. Yeah. I follow these, these women who did like DIY or like, they are like badass women. They're <laughs> amazing. They like build things. They reconstruct their kitchen. That is their job. Wow. Um, and they, um, but they also like get everything sent to them. They don't like actually pay for all those materials. Cause that also is really expensive. Um, so, you know, it's always just like, you obviously can't compare anything to anything, but 
but anyway, so just recognizing like, what is the feeling that you're getting? Is it a feeling of like doubt, anxiety, frustration, unworthiness in your chest? Or is it a feeling of like, wow, like that's amazing. Like that was a great post or whatever. Like pay attention to that. Truly. I know I can tell when, um, there's gals that I'm working with that they either have competed like with bodybuilding or they like that lifestyle and they follow some of those people because they have different ideals. Like their perspective is just a little bit skewed. And I'm like, you got to stop following those people. You got to stop following those people. <laughs> we just said like, go to the local pool, look at just some normal moms out there. Just That's real life. Like we're just regular gals. Yep. Yeah. So crazy, Allie. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Absolutely. I love having it. It's something that I am really passionate about because I know how much it's changed my life. And I truly do know there's, and it's not like esoteric, like there really is so much science behind it. And I think that's the biggest thing that people need to understand is that it is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be changed. Well, and I think it comes back to that, you know, you said you you made the decision, you had to get to the root and you realized, you know, we, we do have more power than we realize. And I think it's important for us to all hear that message right now. I don't understand. That doesn't sound right, but people are still struggling from COVID and all that. Yeah. I think that's sounding insensitive. I don't get it. It's over. Like, let's move on but that's not a reality for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I heard a psychologist talk about that actually recently. And it did kind of make sense. She was like, so for 2020 and 2021, it was traumatic for everybody in some way, like Mm -hmm. whatever side of the aisle you're on, like whatever, it it just like the whiplash, the fear on whatever side, the kids being out of school, like the job loss, there was some like grief around not being able to do what you wanted to, whatever. There was some sort of like, trauma probably for 99% of people around COVID mm-hmm. and no one processed it. No one really like thought of it. We just put our head down and like move forward. Right. And then last year in society in 2022, there was this push to like, we're getting back to normal. Like we have to get back to normal. And so there's this push actually to like make up for everything. And it was like, I've actually noticed it in my kid's school. Mm-hmm. I've noticed it in my kid's sports mm-hmm. that like, and I think that I, you know, I, I just notice it in like a bunch of other different parts of the country, like people traveling, people yes. are like taking the big trips now, which is actually not a bad thing. Um, again, always intention. Can you afford it? Is it stressful? Like all that. But if you want to take the big trip because you realize life is short, great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think that actually last year people were just a lot busier than they maybe had been. I kind of noticed it in our life too, because it was just like this push that like, thank God that's over with, like, we got to get back to living life. And we like lived every aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be interesting to see, like, is this year, are we going to normalize a bit to like what 2019 looked like a little bit more? You know, I don't know that life is ever going to be the exact same. I think that we just have changed culturally as a world from that experience to some extent, but but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do think that 2022 was kind of like that for a lot of people. Oh, I agree. But to your point, like we can't throw our hands up and say, well, you know, I guess I'm just stressed all the time. It's like we have yeah. to make the decision for ourselves. The world can catch up to us 
because we can make things okay in our households, in our life. And it sounds corny, but it truly does have a ripple effect. No, it absolutely does. Totally. I think that, you know, I always tell my patients this, like, unless you take control over your life, like it will control you. It will suck everything out of you that it, that it can, if you let it. I think that's a really great thought to also end on because anyone who's listening to this and you feel like I just can't get a handle on my life. I can't meal prep to save my life. I can't get a workout routine to save my life. I feel like I'm chasing my tail. I can't get ahead. That's, that's a question to like ponder and Mm -hmm. think about and reach out to whoever can help you do that. I mean, we have all the resources. I know they all cost money, but what's it worth? Mm. Awesome, Allie. Where can we find you? You can find me all over the internet. <laughs> um, no, I have a website at AllieDameron.com. I have a YouTube channel at Allie Dameron. I have a podcast called The Allie Dameron Show. I have Instagram, same handle. And I have a free Facebook group that you can come ask questions, get support. It really is a wonderful place. Um, it is a great place. And it's called the Holistic Health with Allie Dameron Facebook group. I'll have all that in the show notes. And I have to tell you, I've been loving, I've been loving your YouTube channel. Just, I love all the content you put out, but it's nice just hearing you say it all in a succinct amount of time. So thanks yeah. for doing all that. Cause I know okay. it's nice. I'm glad sometimes you don't really know what you're doing. Know. It's work or not, or people are listening or you're just talking to yourself. So that's wonderful. I'm listening, <laughs> Allie, you, I will always listen. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's amazing. Well, thanks again for your time. I can't wait to talk to you again. Me too. I'll talk to you soon. Alrighty. I certainly hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. If you are looking to support the, the podcast, remember, share this with a friend. Share it on social media, like it, rank it on your Apple iTunes, and then you can check out the show notes for a few other ways that you can monetarily support the podcast through Outwork Nutrition Supplements, Glow Pro Self Tanner, my absolute favorite, Beauty Counter, and then Element. So you guys have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you soon.